Welcome to Presence Church's Sermon of the Week. We are so excited to share this powerful word with you. Wow. Wow. I mean, that's, no, that's good. Uh, wow. Oh, wait, no, that's what we did yesterday. Wow. We do these things called worship on water. Wow. I call them wow services. We were at, yeah, wow. Pirate's Cove yesterday was epic, was amazing. People getting baptized, people getting rocked by the presence. It was crazy. It was crazy. This whole week has been crazy. So this is like our last service and so good because he always saves the best for last. So we're just going to get rocked this morning. T tell you about it? Okay, all right, I'll tell you about it since you asked. Jesus, man, what a, like, I'm going to tell you about it, but what an honor to be here. I've known the Skinners since 2006 when I was preaching at Barry Sampinton, Sampinton's church on the 8th in, I think, La Mesa or something like that down in San Diego and Jesse and Jessica weren't even dating yet, and they got drunk in the spirit. And actually, it was in that meeting that Jesse and Jessica were like, whoa, something's going on. <laughs> and, um, you know, the rest is history. And then, you know, the Edwards family has always been super close to me uh, in my heart. And James is in the back. And I remember meeting James when I was pastoring in Laguna de Gal Vineyard. And um, we were hosting a Jesus Culture Conference. And I was in our youth warehouse, and I just, like, preached a breakout session. And James and Chris Kodosher, these young revivalists in their, you know, early 20s, come up to me and go, hey, we're going up to Bethel to the school ministry. I heard that's where you went to school. And, you know, like, man, they're just, we're like, hunger was in their spirits, in their eyes. And I looked at them, and I said, you guys look like you surf. And they're like, yeah, we surf. And I go, okay, well, then after tonight's meeting, let's go to Trestle's at 11 p.m., and let's go night surfing. And these guys rallied and night surfed with me, and then we, kind of the rest is history. I think James and Chris and I, we've been to multiple nations together, South Africa, Mozambique. Me and Chris have been around the world to Australia and New Zealand. And so, anyways, just some special people in the room. And then also in this room, I have one of my best men, Bobby Brown. Like... Yeah, yeah. I said one of my best men. I had two best men in my wedding. So you need to make your wedding your own. So I had two best men, Bobby Brown and Joaquin Evans. And uh, so Bobby and I were roommates in the school ministry in 2002. And um, Bobby's, Bobby's been my wingman and just been someone that's constantly just really just prophesied over me, supported me ran with me, and uh, we've seen some pretty epic moments together, which I could tell you all kinds of stories about Bobby Brown and Chad Deadman Adventures, whether that's in Mexico, calling the rain to stop, Bobby, like, just like, give me the microphone. He's like, you want to know Jesus is real? I'll show you Jesus is real. On the count of three, the rain's going to stop, the clouds are going to part, and the moon's going to shine. So he takes authority, and the, and the rain just stops like that. The clouds part. He throws the microphone to me, and he goes, your turn. And I'm like, oh, I guess I'm batting cleanup. And I said, come here if you want to know Jesus. And all these people rushed to the stage and ended up doing an altar call in, in, in hotel windows. We're like, 
people were waving their hands to know Jesus. This lady got like delivered and got healed of a car accident in like the four-story window. And then we had uh, a coven get delivered, a, a coven of witches get delivered. Like, like what was it, like 18 witches or something, like, or 18, you know, in a cult. And the, and the leader tried to either, she jumped up on the stage behind me, and I don't know if she was going after our translator, a Amy or me, but I was in the middle of preaching the gospel message, and just my spirit erupts, and I go, stop! And she jumped on the stage behind me with, a, with, with some kind of, uh, like a knife or something, and she dropped it, and she ran off the stage running, a demon, like screaming a demonic tongue, and these cops like pull in front of her and throw in the cop car, and we don't see her anymore, and she, was, <coughs> she wasn't too happy that her, her coven was getting delivered. Yeah, so sorry, that's one of our little adventures. That's one of many. Like, have you ever seen the movie Dumb and Dumber? I feel like that's me and Bobby. No, 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 you don't understand. Like, when, he, when we, I'm going to go down this track. <laughs> the Bobby portal. So, me, Bobby had a truck. I was a missionary in Indonesia, sold everything. I came back and I had no car in first year. So, Bobby was my ride. We were roommates. And so, we bought season passes to Mount Shasta. Well, there was a time when his windshield wipers and defroster didn't work in his truck. So what we would do is we would roll down our windows, going up to Mount Shasta in a snowstorm, put our snowboard goggles on, and look out the side windows going, oh yeah, you gotta go a little left. Like it would be completely frozen. The windshield was like completely, you could not see out the windshield. Yeah, that's a dumb and dumber move right there. That's it. I've had it with this place. We've got no money. We've got no food. Our pets' heads are falling off. Sorry, that's dumb and dumber. It maybe it's like you're too young. I don't know. But anyways, hey, and it's Dana. Everyone wave to Dana. Dana and Ryan and the goats are here. <laughs> yeah, everyone's like, I'm going outside. Okay, focus in, focus in. So let me get back to saying what happened this week. We paddled the port of Los Angeles. Like, that's pretty amazing. I mean, it has been one of the craziest whirlwind trips. I mean, lifeguards are getting touched by, like, the Lord. One of our team members prayed for a lifeguard. He got rocked by the love of Jesus. Um, I mean, there's just so many testimonies that have happened. People getting saved on the beach. We did, like, a bonfire. And uh, one of our team members, Ryan, grabs these two guys and like you need to come over here and they end up getting like healed of, of, of different conditions like hannah and a couple of them like uh, what what did they get healed of they got healed of arthritis they got healed they got like baptized in the holy spirit they got like you know one guy was like getting the love of god breaking abandonment off of him rejection i mean these are just strangers and i feel like the lord is really teaching us the church on how to be a light how to be salt how to be a city on a hill that cannot be hidden where fish jump in the boat. He's shifting evangelism where we're no longer running after people, but they're running after us as we learn to let our light shine. That's good. Like 40 of you got that. that that's, that's the beginning of momentum. We'll take that. Jesus. So, yes. Yeah, so, um, a lot of you maybe don't know who I am. I'm Chad Deadman, live up in Reading, part of Bethel Church. Been running with Bethel and Iris since 2002. Uh, my wife and I, she'll be here any minute. Um, this is, by the way, like what I'm doing. I'll explain what I'm doing in a second. But it's like a spiritual Iron Man. 
You know, I love, I, I, yeah, it's a spiritual Iron Man. I know maybe you never have heard of that. Maybe I'm just coming up with it to, uh, I'm going to have, maybe that's like the ministry or something. But anyways, it's Catch the Wave. And I had a dream back in 2016 where I saw, I was paddle boarding Big Sur and I saw two healing angels and they had paddles and they stirred the waters around me. And I started spinning a circle, then the air, the oxygen, turned into healing particles, and I started breathing in these healing particles, and then this healing cloud forms in the water, and then goes over California, over America, then over the world, and I hear the audible voice of God, while um, the audible voice of God in the dream, it says, Chad, it's time for you to come out of the closet and tell people you're an intercessor, and so it really, that was the beginning stages of where the Lord began to tell me, Chad, it's time for you to learn how to articulate how you're an intercessor, then that, I've been known more for the prophetic, I've been known more for healing, I've been known more for evangelism, like running around with Benny Hinn in the late 2000s, and my dad, and my mom and dad are like true evangelists in the areas of, when you're raised by two evangelists, it's like equates to being raised by a pack of wild wolves. Like if you could survive that, you could survive almost anything. Okay, let me give you some context. When I was 10 years old, like my parents started a church called Church 24-7, um, which was church 24-7. When I was 10, we would, yeah, which would scream no boundaries, but that's something we learned later on. But anyways, <clears throat> but uh, when I was 10 years old, I was thrown into a dumpster to minister to drug addicts and, and winos. I think the reason why I was chosen to be thrown in the dumpster because I was the smallest, but <clears throat> um, that was kind of my life. Like, we would have anywhere from 10 to 15 people living in our house. Okay, let me give you one example of my childhood. So we would do church in the park in Huntington Beach. When my parents started, they didn't have a building fund. They didn't, you know, they were just kind of going for it. And we had, like, you know, we had Gideon's Army. We've got, like, 40 people to plant this church. So we would show up to the Huntington Beach Park, and my dad would say, hey, we don't have enough people, so everyone go in groups of two and get somebody and bring them to church. So we approach this guy on the bike, and we're like, hey, man, my name's Chad. What's your name? And he looks at us and goes, Jesus. My name's Jesus Christ. And I go, and I just, I didn't skip a beat. I go, oh, perfect. We're talking about you in the park. You should probably come and hear what we're saying about you. And he goes, oh, okay. Well, sure. He ends up coming, gets delivered. What happened was is he took acid, had, went on this perma trip, went to a mental institution, where he thought he was Jesus Christ, got released like a month earlier, and he meets us. <coughs> he ends up getting saved, delivered, meets the real Jesus, ends up living at our house for the next six years. He's our lead guitarist, and he becomes a missionary to Germany where he's been for the last 25 years. That gives you a little bit of idea how old I am, but anyways... So let's get back to the dream, Big Sur, you know, all this stuff. And I was in a severe car accident in 2018 uh, where I rolled my forerunner five times, ejected through the sunroof, felt the hand of God go over me. I think I preached about it here about three years ago or two years ago. Maybe I did. I don't know. Yeah, two years ago. And, um, and so, you know, God asked me to let go, catch the wave, like just surrender and trust him and just take a, a season to rest by the river. And so I did that. And January 10th, I had a dream of this year. So, you know, kind of like, 
car accident in October 2018, just let go, just rest, didn't, didn't step back. In. I mean, like after about a couple months of just resting, I had to, the Lord said, hey, just, just trust me. I started selling solar. Yeah, did, did you guys get that? Like, I, I, where I was just showing up to church as a member, and it was so good. It was so refreshing. I'm not in ministry. I'm just taking a moment. I don't know how long this season is. I just trust him that he'll bring it all back in the right timing. And he shouts from the rooftops when it's the right timing. So January 10th, I have a dream where I'm standing up paddleboarding Huntington Beach, and I see this angel, one of the two angels that I saw at Big Sur in 2016. And he had this, like, golden scepter rod, and he puts it into the ocean floor of Huntington Beach. Then he pulls out this gold netting, and he starts going south. And I'm like, I think I'm supposed to follow him. So I start following him from Huntington Beach, Newport, Balboa, Corona Del Mar, Crystal Cove, Laguna Beach, San Clemente. And he gets to San Clemente Pier, and he puts the other you know, the, the other end of that golden rod scepter thing puts it into the ocean floor in San Clemente Pier. And I hear the voice of God say, intercede. So I put my paddle down, I put my hands up, and suddenly I see this cloud the size of a man's hand in the distance over the ocean. And then it gets bigger and bigger as it gets to me, and then it goes over San Clemente, over Orange County, over California, then over America. But about the cloud is I was seeing like particles and lights and flickering. And it reminded me of the glory cloud that I saw in 2010 and 2011 at Bethel in the sanctuary. But it was going over San Clemente, over Orange County, over California, over America. And I wake up from the dream and I'm halfway in, halfway out. And I hear the voice of God where I'm not in the dream anymore. But I hear the audible voice of God say February 2nd through February 6th. And so I came down and I knew that this was an assignment. Like you have to understand, first of all, some of you are carrying assignments and dreams and you're almost self-sabotaging them because you're thinking the circumstances aren't right. There is something about growing in authority, growing in prayer and intercession where there's, there's breakthrough that comes from inconvenience. God has given me an assignment where I'm called to pray the whole coastline of California, 840 miles, but to do that from Reading. I don't, I don't know if you fully get this. Like, sometimes I'll call people and say, hey, will you come and paddle with me? Oh, you know, Long Beach is too far. I live in San Clemente. Really? I live in Redding, California. It takes me 10 hours to get to the beach. I'm so honored to have brothers and sisters that we get to contend together and Ray, you know, Ray paddled with me from February 2nd through the 6th, and it was, it was special. It was me, Ray, and Anders that paddled together, and then my team of, you know, Matt Wall is here where, you know, like, like I'm telling you, like all of the children workers, all of the, you know, admin, like we are sharing in the fruit. So I've got like a water team, a land team, and the, you know, I've got drivers so that we don't have to paddle all the way back to our original designation. Like, thank God for the drivers. <laughs> Meaning that they're vital. Like, it couldn't happen without the team. That's just a side note. But just to hit this really quick is that don't, you don't have to wait for the, for the conditions to all line up and be right. 
There's sometimes when God gives you assignment and you press through the inconvenience. You press through the excuses. Like I had holiday wait, January 10th. Like my birthday is December 9th. My, my uh, daughter's is December 7th. So I've got Thanksgiving, two birthdays, Christmas, New Year's, and then my wife's anniversary. Our anniversary is January 8th. So like I had 10 extra pounds at least of holiday weight. And God says, hey, paddle 37 miles in three weeks. What? I haven't paddled in over a year, let alone 37 miles. Round two was March, where we paddled. Nico began to join us then. And uh, man, Nico's a legend. And, you know, there's just something about, like, us paddling together. Like, there was 20 of us paddling the Port of Los Angeles this Friday. We had South Africans. We had Brazilians. Like, like man, this is crazy. Jesus. He's calling us to discover our prayer mat. And see, here's the deal. Like he is releasing in this time new wineskins, new ministries that would, one of the foundations of those places of wineskins would be authenticity. That you would begin to discover the authentic places of how you connect with God. And one of the first places where I ever encountered God was when I was five years old at Newport Beach at 36th Street. As a little kid playing in the water where I began to hear his voice. And it was like Samuel where I began to learn to hear the voice of God and where that open heaven was for me, my thin place, discover your thin places. And here's a big thing. It's not just one place. As your prayer mat isn't restricted, limited to one expression. Discover your prayer mat. Like I have a sauna in my garage. That's a prayer mat. Where I go in there and I'm like, Oh, Jesus, I could go on and on about this stuff, but I, I need to. It's 11.15. I've got like five more minutes. I want to bring our team up, and then we got child care and all that stuff, and I took worship for, you know, like, so I got a second. Maybe I just hit this, and then we're going to have the team come up. I know. We'll just, I'll come back another time and have an actual message, but. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'll take it. Well, then there you go. <laughs> Jesus. I'm just going to hit this and I'm going to have our team come up. But I feel like there's an invitation for us. The Church of California, the church worldwide, there's an invitation to redig wells. There's an invitation. God is releasing prayer warriors, intercessors. And here's the deal. He's breaking compartmentalization. No longer is it okay for the evangelist to be over here. And, you know, like all the evangelists are really loud and they're really easy to talk to people. They're seven on the Enneagram and all that stuff. And all the intercessors are, are homebodies and they're a little weird and a little, you know, I just want to be at home. I'm, the, I'm an air troop. Like it's not my place to do evangelism. Well, here's the deal. You are all called to be prayer warriors, and you're all called to the Great Commission. But that you would begin to discover your authentic expressions 
of prayer and evangelism. But he wants to break the compartmentalization that we as the church would learn as Jesus modeled how to be vertically connected with the Father and with heaven 24-7, but then also at the same time to be connected horizontally to your land and to the people of your land. And if you want to know how to connect horizontally, it's time to learn compassion. It's time to learn empathy. It's time to not come with an agenda of, hey, you need to get saved, you wicked sinner, that you actually ask them, how are you doing? You approach the woman at the well and say, hey, I've got something to drink. Because here's the deal. If you want to grow in horizontal intercession, you need to let the people of your city cut you deep. You need to let the woman at the well cut you deep. You need to let that crippled beggar cut you deep. You need to let that prostitute cut you deep. It says that Jesus was with the people and he had compassion on them because he realized they were sheep without a shepherd and then he began to heal them. Do you understand? That is one of the best models of horizontal and vertical intercession. He was connected. He was letting the people cut him deep, but he didn't leave them in their pain and misery and trauma. He was connected to heaven. He let them cut him deep and he's like, oh my gosh, I have compassion, which is authority. Skin in the game. Jesus would climb up to the mountain and look over Jerusalem and weep. There is something special. Prayer is about perspective. To be paddling on the ocean, looking at the land. And I mean, I grew up in Orange County. I'm paddling different places, seeing land that I've never seen before in my hometown. When's the last time you've gone somewhere, Irvine Spectrum, wherever, and you just people watch and you begin to let God cut you deep for the land where you begin to weep in intercession? Not because you're sad, but because you're connecting to the people and the land. And you have the people, but also you have the land. You understand the land has a call. The land has an anointing. So God is calling us to redig the wells. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. What he's done yesterday in this land, he wants to do again. And so that's what these prayer paddles have been about, is redigging the wells. And the second prayer paddle with Nico and Ray is uh, we are paddling 17 miles, Camp Pendleton. And we stumbled upon a boat, a shipwreck. Do you understand, like shipwrecks usually only are going to last a day or two or maybe, I don't know, like three days. Like you don't normally see shipwrecks in Southern California. So we get, I just felt like, man, we need to make land. So we make land. Like, I think that's a little illegal, but okay. I mean, it's the Marine base, you know? So I'm like, but there's something about the spirit of adventure. To begin to encounter God through adventure. So anyways, we, get, we go check out the shipwreck, and it says, Bonnie B. Oh, Jesus. Okay. Can we just have the team just come up behind me? So they're getting ready to just move, like, yeah, yeah. Just team, get behind me and just line up. And so you could get, you just start, you know, and then uh, come on up. Okay, so really quick, in 2005, I moved from Reading my wife and I, and we moved down to Southern California. And I have a dream that I'm, I walk into this, this house, this, 
this, yeah, this house, and, and I could hear people, I could hear people pounding beneath the, the floor, and I'm going, man, is there like a basement, or is there something, and, 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 you know, normally in California, there's not basements, and this older person says, hey, the way to the basement is through the attic, and so I was like, oh, okay, so I, I went up to the attic, and I found this jackhammer, and I'm like, oh, sweet, so I break through the, the, the floor, and I discover, like, it's a basement dungeon, and there's four people chained up there, Lonnie Frisbee, Amy Simone McPherson, uh, uh, William Seymour, and Catherine Coleman. I'm trying to free them. I'm trying to break the chains. And this older person screams down, hey, the way to, the key to unlock the change is in the bridal suite. So I'm like, okay. I start walking through the house and I'm opening doors, looking for this key. And I've, I've opened up several doors and then I opened up this one door and I just get wooed by the presence of God. I got lost why I'm even in there and then I realized, oh, wow, like on this little table is a key. And I'm like, this must be the key. And I go running down. The key fits perfectly. I'm about ready to turn it. And I go, wait a second. I look at all four of these revivalists. And I say, revivalists of California. And I say, who put you here? And all four of them look at me and they say, the church. And I turn the key and the chains go unlocked. And I go, you're free now. And they go running through the, the, the streets of California, of Southern California, screaming, we're free, we're free, we're free. And it's very interesting that this older person says, hey, the way to get down there is through the attic, which would be the upper room, prayer, and that prayer is a breaker anointing. The first wave of revival is always prayer. It's preparing the way. And then the way to sustain it the way to have a revival that lasts forever is through the keys of intimacy. It is intimacy that brings sustainability and breaks the yoke of the enemy. That's what Jesus modeled. If you see me, you see the Father. And I'm telling you, we will have the greatest wave of evangelism we've ever seen when the church begins to model the spirit of adoption where we can say with confidence and boldness in our neighborhoods, in our workplaces, in our schools, if you see me, you see the Father. But I just want to release this, that I've been on a journey we're all on a journey of our assignments. This is 2005, and then God says in 2021, it's time to redig the wells. It's time to paddle the whole coastline of California. Pray for California. The land is crying out the injustice, the blood of the land, that, that there's so much. I've been working with drug and alcohol treatment centers with Charlie Grooms. I've been, you know, like, like working with mental health. We started a thing on social media this last summer called Hope Dealer where people were getting delivered of suicide and getting healed of mental health issues. I just know like, hey, first of all, in this whole time of like social media, there has been so much criticism. And here's the deal. We have to learn to celebrate our lanes, to know our lanes, our authentic lanes, but not to criticize other people's lanes. I just know like if you want breakthrough, one thing I will be critical about, breakthrough doesn't come from sitting on the couch. Breakthrough doesn't come through scrolling through Instagram, throwing darts at other people's lanes and other people's calls. It's about knowing your lane, knowing your authentic expression, and you begin, like, that is your jam. And celebrate other people's lanes. So... <clears throat>
So Bonnie B, I knew that God was just calling to, to redig the wells of Azusa Street. So that was round two. And then round three, I'm like, okay, I think it's time to paddle. I paddled Orange County. I paddled San Diego. I was at all of San Diego, but that was round two. I paddled like 20 some miles of San Diego. But this one was LA. And I feel like God is breaking open the doors of LA where we paddled the port of Los Angeles. I mean, let's think about it. That port is the biggest port in America as far as tonnage and all the amounts of illegal drug trafficking, human trafficking, where we're calling God, heal the land. But also to redig the wells of revival. Azusa Street, one of the fruits of Azusa Street was racial reconciliation. And we, as Christians, should be aware of the enemy's plots and schemes. We should not have our heads in the sand of what the enemy is doing. But here's the deal. We should be aware, not consumed by the enemy's plans. We need to be consumed with, you know, where sin abounds, how much more does grace abound? So I'm paddling, going, man, there's there's drug trafficking happening. God, I pray that you would just hit the drug cartels. I pray that you would hit, you know, the Sonola cartel, that, that, that their sons and daughters of the drug runners, the sons and daughters of their families would get hit with the Spirit of God. They'd get saved, and they would actually begin to lead their parents to the Lord. <clears throat> I mean, that was one of our prayers. I mean, if you want to see change in the natural, you first have to start seeing change in the spiritual. So just put your hands on your heart. Jesus. Okay, it's almost 1130. If you have kids after this prayer, maybe go get them. And we're just going to have the team just call out some prophetic words, some words of knowledge. But just put your hands on your heart. I pray, Lord that we would discover the authentic expressions of our prayer mats. I mean, for me, it's, it's, bike, it's, it's, it's road biking, it's float tanks, it's paddleboarding, it's surfing, it's eating. There's so many prayer mats that I've discovered, and I just break off limitations, I break off restrictions that you would discover the thin places because when you begin to grow in your authenticity of prayer and connection with God because that's what prayer is all about it's connection and communication and friendship what that does is it increases your authority and God is asking us the church to begin to grow in authority where we would begin to father and mother our land that we would have skin in the game, that we would let Orange County cut us deep. But I'm here to tell you, Orange County has a face. That it was Peter and John that went up to the crippled beggar and said, silver and gold I don't have, but what I do have I give to you. And that one miracle turned the city upside down. That one miracle opened the heavens over a city and thousands were added. But you better believe it was a breaker anointing. That crippled beggar getting healed opened up the heavens over Jerusalem.
So Lord, I pray for eyes to see, ears to hear, us in this room, that we would not despise the day of small beginnings, that we would understand that together, the spirit of agreement where one gives a thousand to fly, two gives ten thousand to fly, that we would not despise the day of small beginnings. That prophetic word, that encouraging word over the grocery clerk, that encouraging word in the person in the parking lot is stirring the waters, is changing the atmosphere, and beginning to establish an open heaven over this place. So Lord, I pray that we say yes to a journey. That you would begin to be connected to your journey of the invitation that God is calling you into to grow in authority, to grow in anointing, to let the land cut you deep. Amen. Hope you enjoyed this week's Sunday sermon. We pray you experience all God has for your life. It comes, the stars, the rain show me.